Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex Mastriani, and we're happy you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Member Engagement Show. A couple weeks ago, you heard from a panel of our engagement experts on three engagement strategies that work. Today, I'm excited to bring to you another panel session in our engagement expert series, this time on measuring what matters, the value of your online community. Jeff Brunsbach, Director of Customer Experience at Higher Logic, is back moderating our panel. And you'll hear from three other speakers. Chris Stetzel, he's the Community Program Manager at Reltio. Marjorie Anderson, Product Manager at Project Management Institute. And Kim Fitzsimmons, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at American Association of Endodontists. They'll share how they're tackling the challenge of measuring the impact of different engagement strategies that they're using and give some tips on how you can measure and communicate your own community's value to stakeholders and leadership. Hope you enjoy what they have to say and please share your feedback and thoughts over on the HireLogic LinkedIn post all about this episode. Excited to be here today. I'm Jeff Brunsbach. I'm the Director of Customer Experience here at HireLogic. I'm also a community builder and community manager of Gain, Grow, Retain, which is a customer success leadership community. So excited. Our topic today is uh, measuring what matters. And what we wanted to do is bring together a number of our engagement experts uh, from the community, from uh, the the session at large and just make sure that we could bring ideas to the table, hopefully have a somewhat you know, easy and natural conversation uh, about community, about engagement and about what's happening. So uh, without further ado, I've got uh, some awesome panelists with me today. So I uh, figured we could kind of go around the room and uh, just kind of get your name, what you're doing today, where you're working. And uh, a fun question, at least for, for me right now is, if you were going to go build a community around a hobby that you have, a passion, you know, something that's in your life, you know, what is the community that you would build? Something kind of hopefully outside of your your day to day work, uh, but we'd love to know that from you all. So, uh, Chris, do you mind getting us started? Absolutely. Uh, so I'm Chris Detzel, and I'm the community program manager at Relto. It's a master data management data, you know, all about data. So it's a peer to peer and support community for our customers and partners. Um, so a fun little community that I've already built and already have is a running community in the Dallas-Fort Worth area called DFW Running Group. So I think I have like 2,400 people in it. And so it's a lot of fun, uh, but I do spend some time in that particular community. Um, so yeah, there you go. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I like asking that question because you get to learn a little bit. So now, you know, uh, we know Chris is coming to us from Dallas and he's uh, a big runner. So um, something new. Um, Kim, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Kim Fitzsimmons. I'm the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at the American Association of Endodontists. We're a professional organization um, supporting root canal specialists. And, and actually, I do run a, a community. It's around um, our lake community. Um, you know, we, we are big boaters and enjoy that life. So um, that's a little community that I, I uh, currently run. But we've really gotten into wake surfing in the last year. So that's something that um, I would love to, to start a community and learn some tips because um, definitely not very good at it. 
That's awesome. I anything out in the water seems like it would be perfect heading into the summer. Even you know, last summer, maybe even during quarantine, it would have been perfect to be out in the water on an open lake, you know, or open body uh, would be awesome. So uh, awesome, yeah, good to have you here, Kim and uh, Marjorie. Why don't you uh, bring us home here uh, and tell us a little about yourself? Hi everyone, I'm Marjorie Anderson. I'm the product manager for Community at Pro Product excuse me, Project Management Institute. We are the world's largest project management membership association, changing the project management profession. I also run Community by Association, which is an organization dedicated to the advancement of practitioners, community practitioners in those spaces. Um, if I was to build a community outside of normal day-to-day -day stuff, it would be a community of people who love the theater, musical theater, all other kinds of theater. It was a great love of mine in high school still is a great love of mine today and um, there's nothing better than getting a bunch of theater geeks together and talking uh, about our favorite plays so that's what I would build I love it that is uh, that's such a good one since I asked you all I'll, I'll play the game as well I've already built a customer success community, but that's kind of a part of my day to day. But I love um, cooking, especially like Italian food. My wife and I are really big into like making homemade pasta right now. So if I could start kind of any little Italian type cooking community, I think that is what I would probably look at. It's just I love bread and pasta too much. So um, that's just something that to me would be would be fun to do. So um, and you have a uh, you have a passionate other theater theater geek member, uh, Marjorie Derek. <laughs> Derek Iverson already mentioned that he's excited about that community. So if you go build it, I think Derek would, would definitely come join. Um, On the way awesome. there. Well, we've got a really awesome session today and we've got three kind of major questions that we're gonna hopefully get through. Uh, first is around measuring. So, you know, what key goals and measurements are you using to measure success in your community uh, as you're thinking about engaging with your members, your customers? Um, the second is around tracking. So how do you know whether the that you're actually utilizing are impacting the community and the organizational goals. And then the third is around communicating. So what are the different ways that you're demonstrating value to others in the organization? How are you telling that story? Um, and really making sure that community is coming through when you're inside the organization um, and having some of those discussions. So those are the three big hits that we're gonna try and get through. Like I mentioned, if you have other topics, questions, things that you're wanting us to get to, uh, I'm gonna try and seed those throughout. So please, uh, jump into the questions box. I know there's already a couple of you in there. Um, so jump in there, add, add anything, and we'll uh, we'll try to make sure and get to it. But I think maybe just to start us off, you know, I think one of the, we'll, we'll say it's a softball question, you know, should be should be a, a kind of a, a fastball right over the middle, so to speak, uh, during baseball season. But, you know, what are some of the goals and key measurements? Um, and how are you measuring, right now, how would you say that you're measuring success for your community? So maybe Marjorie, let's start with you. How, how do you think about success? Um, and measuring that for for your community um, that you have today. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, when I think when when we look at success and, and measuring that for the current community we have, our community is specific to project management professionals globally. So not only does that community exists to connect people to one another, but it also exists to connect people to product services experiences throughout the organization that allows people to grow as they um, go throughout their customer journey. So when we're looking at the types of things that we want to accomplish through that community, it's not only connecting people and allowing them the opportunity to share content. That's a big part of how they interact within the community. Not only just share content, but share quality content that um, their peers recognize as helpful 
people. And then the other piece of that is how do we get them connected to the rest of the organization? So it's two-pronged. It's practitioner support and then connection to other products and services to help make them more successful. And when we're looking at what those measures are, we look at three key things. The first thing we look at is community vibrancy. How, how many people are coming back to the community? How many people are bringing others with them? Um, how many people are, you know, unique to our community that are new, that are coming in? Um, we also look at engagement. How well is that content doing that people are putting out? Uh, how well are, how often are they putting out that content? Are they sharing that content? And then we looked at the impact to products and services. How well are we helping to support membership purchases? How well are we helping to support the discovery of new products and services? How how well are we enabling the ability for the organization as a whole to discover new ways to serve our members? And so broadly, that's how we're looking at whether or not, you know, the, the things that we say we set out to do are actually working. I love the thing that you mentioned about the two-pronged approach and then having kind of three measures underneath that. So it sounds um, like you've already started to architect that story. So I can't wait to get into that question later about how you're telling that internally. But a couple of things that maybe just stood out to me is um, how you use the word vibrancy. I really like that. And how you thought about are people coming back to the community and are they bringing people with them? I think about that quite a bit, you know, especially in our gain, grow, retain community is, um, you know, you think about referrals, you think about what, if somebody's getting true value, you know, the heart of the NPS question that we ask kind of in the, you know, in the business world, a lot of times is, are you going to be referring a friend or a colleague? And there's no better way to actually test that than if somebody actually is referring a friend and colleague and bringing them in. So I thought that was just really um, important. And then you mentioned, obviously, the impact, you know, how is it supporting other parts of the business? Um, because the community is not the the only point of value for somebody coming into the organization, right? It is um, kind of a staple of what they get, but there also is other things that they can be doing. And so how have we built kind of our content and built the way our programs around helping to support other things? So uh, those are a couple of things that stood out to me, but I, just, I still can't get over that vibrancy. I love that. Um, it's a really good way to, to depict it. I might steal that. So I'll have to give you credit. Um, Kim, how about you? How are you measuring success? What does that mean to you as you start thinking about the, the community that you all run um, and the members that you have? Sure. Actually, you know, we really look at from metrics the community health and engagement. And and in addition to that, then how are we supporting our, our business needs? And, you know, first, when we're looking at the health and the engagement, and I find that that's so much of what, like, our leadership and our committees and our board are looking at. Um, and, you know, that's the activity. What kind of, you know, engagement do we have on posting? What's sort of that ratio to um, the, the number of uh, members we have in the community to then looking at value? Um, you know, are people responding to, um, are they liking it? Are they, you know, sharing it? Are they doing private message? And then reach, you know, how many of our members are participating in it? So that's really kind of how we're looking at our, our health and engagement. And then the business side, we've, we've started to try and align that, you know, and, and that's still, we'd love to one day be at the point where we could actually track conversions back. We're not there. Um, but really looking at what other areas of our association it can support. And that's really been new to our organization. And, and you know, when we get to the storytelling, that helps tell like a broader story to your board and to your leadership about the value of, of communities. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously, the, the health and engagement piece starts to become really critical, right? The 
the idea of starting a community is one thing, but then the idea of creating a community that's that's driving value that people are coming back to, you know, health and engagement seem to be two of the, the focal points that we hear a lot of people talk about. Um, one, maybe just a quick follow up for you too, Kim, is you kind of mentioned you're in the early days of some of the, these elements. And so, um, you know, have you, is there, have, have there been any missteps so far? Have you kind of maybe tried some metrics or looked at some things that you thought maybe were going to be really important and you've kind of had to shift your, your thinking there at all? Is there anything that comes to mind maybe over the first, like you said, kind of early days that you've been doing this? Yeah. So as we look at like, um, you know, trying to engage like with AMAs on certain like webinar or educational content, like trying to tie that back to our annual meeting, um, you know, we've been tracking those metrics and we're getting like mediocre results. So like we have to kind of go back to the drawing board on that, but at least we're, we're starting to get that information and, and track that so that we know what, you know, this one's a little bit more successful than the other. Um, and so that's a tactic that we were using to try and engage on our, our membership and education and webinars. Yeah, something that, that I've always just tried to adopt, I think even just uh, outside of community, just in um, you know operating in the business is how can you get in that mindset of testing um, and, and trying to build cohorts and tests and ways that you can try and prove really small results as you go. And so I think just to your point, Kim, you know, getting in this mode of, hey, we're new to this, we're, you know, we're kind of folding in metrics maybe that we haven't before, we're kind of getting um, over the hump and you know trying to figure out how can you create cohorts or small groups that you can test that on and start seeing are there some you know kind of minor things that we can look at as we start really ramping out full programs so that you can you know continue to focus the resources in in the right area um, I think makes a lot of sense as well so we, I know we've, we've done that quite a bit um, Chris how about you what are what are some of the things that you think about when you're measuring your community uh, over at Reltio yeah um, so when I think of metrics and things like that. So by the way, Reltio's community is very new. So um, the things that I always tell folks is this, at the end of the day, you know, be kind to yourself. So the metrics, when you start a community, it doesn't have to be this out of control kind of metric, right? You might blow it out of the water at the end of the year, but you know, it's okay. You don't know what you don't know. I mean, kind of know, but you don't always have to know. And so the way I kind of look at metrics for a support community and peer-to-peer -peer community is, is you got to start somewhere. And so uh, what we've done is, is I look at kind of the strategic goals of the business and I reside in customer success. And then I try to tie the community goals into that, um, into those, you know, strategic things, if you will. So for example, uh, 50% tier one support issues. So we want to put out lots of really good questions about our products and answers so that customers can get um, uh, the answers to them quickly. But to do that, you have to acquire customers. So, you know, my goal is there to really focus in on 300 users by the end of the year. You know, I think we'll have triple that maybe, uh, maybe a little less, but, um, and then the other piece that you can track and, and find easily is organic um, SEO. So we we have an open community that is um, indexed by Google, right? So when a customer or partner or whoever wants to search community, then they can go onto Google or not community, but search for a question about our product and get that answer quickly. And so the way we're doing that is building webinar program that focuses deep into our product, or, or a video, or also a, which also creates videos, but also um, you know, uh, uh, blogs and stuff like that to get that stuff. And then we also track uh, percentage of active users on the community. So, 
you know, how do we look at that fierce advocacy, right? And, and, and what are some of the things that we try? We don't have to go into all those, but each under each one of those, I have initiatives that are focused in on, and then some of the things that I try. Does that answer the question? It does. Yeah. No, I think this is great. This is like a, a prime time example, you know, of, um, I think what what Marjorie and Kim outlined as well, you know, is thinking about how do you, uh, for instance, Marjorie had her two kind of overarching themes, right? And then had three metrics or measures underneath that. Um, so it seems similar to, to the outline that you have, Chris. And I like a couple of things that you mentioned there, right? Which is, um, you know, you don't have to start off big. Uh, like you said, you're, you know, you're starting off with getting 300 members, hopefully to 900, um, you know, and, you know, there's impact there with 300, I imagine already. You've already probably seen yeah. that. I know you just launched back in April, at the end of April, so you're 30 days in, but you're probably already finding things like some early champions, uh, some early product That's experts true. that you want to keep engaged. Um, and those things start to matter when you start thinking about that fierce advocacy. Uh, the other thing I, I like that you mentioned in there as well is um, that story and architecting that, you know, I think a lot of times gets lost because, um, you know, we think about metrics, but metrics only tell a little bit of the story. And so internally, you need to go build the rallying cries. You need to make sure everyone understands how this folds up into other initiatives that you're working on. So the idea of tying it back to the themes, telling that story, having measures that people can clearly see, hey, are we, it's, you know, really becoming kind of a yes or no question. Are we hitting this metric or not? I think in the way that you outlined a bunch of those. So um, I like that approach quite a bit. Um, there's a couple of questions I want to maybe just fold into our conversation that I've seen come into the chat. So one easy one is um, how big are the communities that you all manage? Um, and I'll let you determine how you want to say that. I don't know if it's members or if it's number of organizations maybe that you are in there, uh, if you're comfortable saying it or not. So I'm going to leave that open for a minute. And if you want to jump in, jump in, and then I'll I'll jump to the next question. Sure. Our, our, our community is about 8,000 members. Yeah, the community for uh, projectmanagement.com is a little over 700,000 members. We don't have that many. Uh, so <laughs> again, we're only a month in, and uh, we're, we're at actually close to 300 members, and that's it. But we have nowhere else but to go up. This is a good group, right? 308,000, 700,000. So I think if anybody has a question here, we've, we've got it covered from all angles. And I know, Chris, you've been doing this a while, so you, you've definitely managed communities that are more than 300 yeah. members as well. Of course. Um, the second question is coming out of, I think, some of your discussions earlier. Um, one, Marjorie, for you is, um, how do you determine right now if somebody is bringing others to the community with them? Is there any way that you're specifically measuring that or kind of looking into tracking that right now? Or if that, how, how does that come about right now for you in terms of, of trying to track some of that vibrancy you mentioned? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. And one of the things that I completely love about our um, community members is that they have no shame. They'll be like, hey, I brought some people with me and here they are. This is who those people are. Or as people come into the community, they will say, so-and-so helped me find this community. So glad I did. So, you know, it's for the most part, anecdotally, um, people are telling us how they're finding us and they're coming from social spaces. They're coming from personal networks. They're coming from organizations where we have relationships with. So people are telling us if someone is bringing them along and then they in turn will tell us if they plan to bring someone along. So because we're such a mature community and have that history with a lot of these community members, um, they're not shy about letting us know how they found us or where they came from. We don't have um, anything kind of on the back end tracking like that referral type of, of, um, of traffic, but we can certainly see who's 
who brought someone along just based off of what people say once they enter the community. Yeah, and I think I've seen two examples too of, of how some of that tracking has panned out. Like for Gang Retain right now, um, in the signup form, one of the things I did was, uh, I think similar to you, we kind of just said, hey, you know, how did you find out about us? And if they click, you know, refer referred from somebody else, we just kind of ask like, hey, put that person's name in, um, and then we can try and go track on the back end. And then we've seen tons of referral software that's out there that you can you can try and put in. Uh, takes a little bit, I think, of uh, technical chops, so we're not at that stage yet. But I think to your point, sometimes it's just as easy as even just putting a simple question out there and trying to get some of that anecdotal information because those are things also that you could probably feel right when you're in you're in conversations and people start to know each other you start to understand where the relationships lie so i think that's um a good part um a couple other questions that have hopped in here i think uh that might be good and then we can we can maybe pop forward to our kind of next next big one and then come back to a couple more there's a lot that are rolling in um act, active what do you consider active so chris i know you uh, kind of mentioned in your uh, so your metrics, you kind of mentioned, hey, active user uh, on there. So how do you like to define that metric and how do you kind of present that internally? Yeah, the way I, I will present that is through, you know, does somebody like, do they log in, do they reply, do they ask? You know, those are just some basic engagement active metrics um, that you can kind of look at and then maybe put a percentage on the, the users, you know, so you can say, well, you know, this many people are logged in, they like, they did all these things. And I would just say, if they did any of those things, because <laughs> I want to be easy and kind to myself, uh, if they do any of those things in the last X number of days, then they're active. And so, you know, my goal is to try to hit 10 to 12% of the membership to be active, uh, minus the employees, because not all employees are going to be even in there. So they might log in and once and that's it. So I think you've got to kind of determine that. So just, just those kind of those kinds of things is what I would look at. Awesome, yeah. Um, Kim, any anything similar for what you all look at in terms of active and uh, of your 8,000, is there any uh, right now kind of semblance of what who's active versus not? Is that something that you all are looking at? Yeah, so we, we actually look at our active a little a little bit more narrowly. We're looking at them as like creating content. So creating content doesn't necessarily mean that they've only posted online, but they've done a, a reply. So we do also track like the, the private DMs. Obviously, we don't see anybody's DMs, but we're, we're able to get those metrics. Um, so we're looking at actual um, activity to, um, to interact. You know, we look at um, like likes and logins as more as reach. Um, more engagement. Um, so they were kind of have it bucketed just a little bit differently. Yeah. I like that, Kim, because, you know, I would I just, I, I like that for the future for me, but like there's, for now, it's like, yeah, they're active. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris is trying to make as many of those 300 active, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I don't that's, think there's a right or wrong, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's just a preference. <laughs> well, it is, and it actually answers another question too. I think um, somebody had asked in here, you know, how important is it to consider where you are in the stage of your community? And I think Chris, you know, you mentioned this before we hopped on, which is uh, your community is, is 30 days old or less than, or just about, I know you launched at the end of April. Uh, Marjorie, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna say that yours is probably, I don't know, 10 years old-ish, maybe shorter. Uh, we just celebrated our 20th year, so okay, we uh, 20, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so 20, and uh, so yeah, I think definitely thinking about the the life cycle that you're at, or kind of stage or life cycle that you are, definitely is important. You start thinking about metrics um, and some of the engagement that comes along with that as well. 
we've got some more questions, which I think we, we definitely will have time at the end. So I'm going to bump forward maybe to our next uh, topic that we were going to talk through, which is, um, you know, how are you, how are you kind of knowing whether or not tactics you're impl implementing in the community are, um, you know, are helping you meet your goals? So when you start thinking about some of the programs you're developing, Chris, you mentioned webinars. Uh, Marjorie, you mentioned some of the other uh, community programs or some of the other offerings that you all have as a business that you're trying to promote. Um, so when you start thinking about some of these elements, how are you all kind of looking at that? One, maybe how are you thinking about those programs and, and kind of building those out? Um, and then two, you know, how do those metrics kind of fold into what you all are just talking about in terms of measuring success? So. Um, Kim, let's maybe start with you and, and think about that. You know, what are, what are some of the programs maybe that you've developed so far to engage with your members? And then how have you thought about measuring some of those? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what we've tried to do is be really like thoughtful about like any programs that we're putting in place. How can we develop a program on connection to support that? So, for for, for example, we did a walkathon this last um, uh, summer uh, when we had to cancel our our virtual meeting, and um, but we wanted to engage members, and and, and ultimately it was also a fundraising activity. Um, so, you know, bringing community together and raising money for the uh, special and you know so we put together a program where we were also having they were gaining points and there's kind of a winner for this if they're also posting on on connection and so what we were doing is looking at the metrics there um, you know what kind of interactions did we have but then also trying to look at you know who interacted and how were they participating in the bigger program and that's something we'd really love to start to build out because that's very manual right now um, so you know just starting to really create that component and how is it tying back to support that program um, awesome I love that example too of, of how you um, you know again during COVID very different year last year like you said I'm sure fundraising was was really hard virtual events everyone was was kind of watered down with so it sounds like you guys try to get a little bit creative um, kind of with a walkathon and trying to get you know community the, the entire community involved and then thinking about something maybe that's a little less um, static in front of your computer staring at a screen type of thing and hopefully um, it worked well you know trying to engage somebody and get them outside of maybe their day-to-day -day environment that they were in for, for 12 months absolutely awesome uh, Chris how about you you know when you, I know you mentioned um, webinar program obviously you're trying to get questions and answers about the, the product and some of the specific things it can do um, but how do you think about building programs just for your community members yeah, the way I kind of think about it is this, you know, one, what is our goals and how do I accomplish those goals? And so when I look at a, a blog program or a webinar program, you know, our goals are, you know, case deflection. Our goals are to get, you know, customers and partners more engaged into our product. And and, and how do we do that? You know, and how what programs are going to support that kind of stuff? So one is, you know, you mentioned the webinar program. You know, I kind of put the bucket that in three sections, maybe four, depending on, you know uh, where you are, but is technical webinars to go deep dive and doing this quick how-to or an hour-long kind of deep dive into a particular area in the product, or two, uh, you know, you could do a new product update. So hey, we have an update on a, we have a new product. Let's talk about that. And then three is ask me anything, which that's engaging and everything else, and just some short-term metrics that go along with the webinar program, such as. How many people registered? You know, that's kind of a somewhat of an indicator to that. But I look at the long-term game and I look at, hey, that's video content that I can record, put on YouTube and throw out on the uh, uh, 
the community. Two, I can create two or three blogs specifically on that webinar. Three, I can embed that those blogs into the or into the you know video into the webinar to make that rich. I I, I now have five or seven questions from the audience. Now I can push that out to the community, and then I can measure that over time through Google Analytics and everything else to say, yeah, these things really worked well. Or these things didn't, and and so you know, there's a short-term kind of gain, you know. But if only ten people show up, what do I care? Like, I mean, I want more people to show up because it shows that they're showing up. But at the same time, I, I'm I'm doing a lot of things: engaging, creating videos, creating blogs, written content, and quick hit questions and answers that will all be indexed by Google and, and searched and and found by our customers, getting the information that they need quickly. So. That makes yeah, sense. I love that. Yeah, definitely. And I love that example that you just gave about your webinar series and how you're breaking down, you know, the four the four that you have there, kind of the styles, and then thinking about measuring attendance, measuring views afterwards, you know, then looking at I'm sure all the blog um, Google Analytics that you can get into, you know, page views and yeah. um, where people are going. Like, you know, I think that that to me is becoming a really big and critical part uh, to I think what we've seen in community, which is, you know, how are you kind of leveraging content across multiple mediums? Because um, I don't know, you know, about about you all on the phone, but for the most part, I think we're all, you know, working with, um, you know, resources that we need to maximize. And so when you start thinking about that, it's, hey, if we're going to produce a webinar that's an hour long, that we're going to be on the call like this one, then we're going to pr produce a blog after it. We're going to produce, we're going to put it back into the community. I loved your example too. You can take all these questions that people are asking, drop them back in the community and have people answer them or even just put out a blog itself of questions that are being answered. So I, I love that idea of just trying to repurpose content where you can, um, and not necessarily just reposting. I think that was a big critical part maybe to, to differentiate as well. You're not just taking the same thing and reposting it on social platforms. You're not taking the same thing and using that, right? You're, you're repurposing one thing that can be repurposed into five that can then be shared across, you know, whatever channels that you see fit. So uh, I think this is a really good example. Yeah, the last thing I'll say about that, Jeff, is it allows the brand to also take some of that content or support or the documentation portal team or, you know, whoever, and to also use that content. So it's not just me, you know, but it's shared across the entire business at the end of the day. Yeah. In, in, yep. in a digital way, mostly, right? So. Yeah, and I like it too, just from your standpoint, because I think you can get other teams involved, right? Depending on if it's a technical webinar versus a new product versus an Ask Me Anything, um, you know, now you've got multiple teams involved who can become stakeholders, who can own those programs maybe going forward and think about that. So that's great. Um, Marjorie, how about you? When you start thinking about engagement and programs that you're developing for, for your members, you know, where do you all start? How have you thought about, you know, approaching that and kind of bringing value to your members? Yeah, so one of the things that we first start with and what I've been trying to, um, we're kind of leaning toward for my team is what's the outcome of the thing that we want to do, right? Because we can, there's tons of different things that we can do within the online community, especially with as big as our online community is. But what is the outcome that's going to drive? And then how will we be able to measure the effectiveness or that we, that we had an impact, right? So it's not just about, well, this is a community, we should be doing community things. It's what is the outcome? What is it going to, 
provide the organization or provide the members who are participating in this program. So one of the things that we did a couple of years ago was we were trying to think about ways to provide content to our online community without offering professional development units for it. Because a lot of the time, people will come to the community who hold a certification with PMI for the sole purpose of engaging in content that will help them maintain that certification. And so that's the that's the basis of a lot of the video content that we offer. So one of my team members had the idea to start having quarterly Ask Us Anything um, webinars. These are webinars with other stakeholders within the organization, introducing a new concept, a new product, or a new service, and allowing the community to provide them feedback and or ask questions about that product, service, or experience. And what we have found is that people are very interested in what is happening with the organization they pay membership dues to. So whether we offer PDUs or professional development units for this particular webinar makes no matter. They're interested in hearing what's coming up with this new product that we launched. What's next for our certification program? What are my benefits as a member? And we see just as much engagement with these sorts of webinars as we do with people who are just trying to maintain their certification. Yes, they're trying to learn more about the profession and, you know, up their skills and those types of things as well. But at the end of the day, if it's valuable content and something that they're interested in, they're going to engage. And what we're able to see from those webinars is how how interesting or how how impactful that thing is going to be for them, right? So if we do a webinar on a new product that we've that we've launched and people are questioning, well, why would you do this? Isn't there something out there that already exists that you guys have launched? I don't understand how to use it. That gives the product team information that they can then take back and, and tweak that product or say, maybe we don't need to roll this out. So it's, 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 it's mutual benefit to where the community gets to understand what's happening and they stay close to the organization and product teams or, or, or the other parts of the organization get to understand if we're headed in the right direction. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like a behind the scenes that you're showing them, right? It's kind of like how you how you all are using probably the methodologies and the, the ways that you're teaching them. You're kind of showing them behind the scenes of saying, hey, here's, here's how we're running the business. Here's how we're doing things uh, and inherently becomes you know, interested. Uh, I also think naturally people start to, to become curious, right? If I'm if I'm kind of a, a dues paying member, right? How are you using my dues? Where's the kind of where where's the dollars going? Are you, are you guys spending them effectively? And so I think that's probably such a curiosity that people have to come in and, and get engaged. But I love that example, right? You're um, kind of pulsing them to understand what they want, and then you know giving it to them in a in a version, and then probably thinking about okay, you know how do we continually to maximize our resources, but think about maybe even going, what's the next step after just producing this AMA quarterly, right? In terms of like, ask us anything. It's like, what's the next little nugget that we could give them that, um, you know, again, we get to maximize resources, but still kind of give them a little glimpse behind the scenes. So I think that's a yeah. really good one. I love that. Yeah. And the flip side to that is that those webinars are open to everyone. Our community is a freemium model. So most of the content you can consume if you're not a member and some of it you have to be a member to consume. But then what that also does is that people who have not had exposure to the organization as a whole get that exposure. And that starts to help us understand how to help them along their customer journey. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's two questions that that have come in that I think are um, probably good just to maybe um, get out there and see if, if these are ways that you all have tried to engage your members. 
So uh, the first one, maybe Kim, I'll, I'll bounce it over to you is um, either polling or gamification. Have you used kind of either of those things in the community? And I'll let you pick which one you want, maybe want to talk about, but um, either of those kind of come to mind for stuff that you've done in the community to drive engagement. Yeah, for gamification, kind of going back to the example of the walkathon or the the um, virtual walk that we did, um, we actually set up a system with using the automated rules that then gave members if they posted in the community points, um, additional points. So so they got points, you know, through the the walking app for how many how many steps they took, uh, if they gave money to the foundation, and then the gamification piece was whether or not they posted in the community. And there's a couple different things they could do. So they and they could do it daily. So they could continue to um, get more points um, towards the the walkathon. And yeah, it, it definitely helped with engagement. Um, and for us, what was really unique about it is, you know, our members are they're they're dentists, they're they're scientists, and they are very case um, focus. They like to talk about the science and cases. And this actually really got our members engaging around something fun um, and more lighthearted. Um, so that was kind of neat. Yeah, the uh, along the gamification route too. one thing that we've done for our um, our gain grow retain community is we partnered with a couple of organizations who um, put out like there's one that's kind of an influencer list that's like top 100 influencers. And so we brought badges into the community from kind of a partner organization and something that was just kind of a surprise and delight for those members because they didn't really expect that. But all of a sudden we're, we're helping to boost their credibility inside of our organization and our community, even though it's not directly related to, you know, it's not something necessarily that we own. And so I think along those same lines, I think we've, we've kind of seen how gamification can really help get people engaged, make them feel you know, confident about the things that they're doing um, and really kind of bring out some of the the aspects of, you know, why they're there in the community, which is, you know, hopefully making relationships and, and networking and trying to find, you know, their their tribe, so to speak. Um, but I think that's another way that we've, we've seen that used as well. So one thing I'd add to that, Jeff, is one of the things we've identified is we've got a small core of, of members who continually post in their high volume. Some of the, the gamification also brought in first time posters. So we really were able to like boost some of those um, um, activity um, metrics that way. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good. Um, all right, we're I'm going to bump us along. Uh, we've got about 20 minutes. So I think we're gonna have plenty of time here at the end for Q&A, but I just want to make sure we can get through the last kind of part here. Um, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, what are some of the key metrics and measures you guys are using? Talked about how engagement and driving programs and thinking about, you know, what's valuable for your membership is kind of that next layer. And so the, the third part here is, is really about how are you telling that story internally? Um, and this is a part that I have, have latched onto recently just because I think this is the area maybe for most improvement just in the, in the, in the industry, just I think in any facet, right? Uh, whether you're in sales, marketing, customer success, community, everybody has to go do this. You have to rally the troops internally. You have to make people care about the thing that you're working on and, and why it's important. And so um, would love to learn how you all are doing that. You know. Are there certain meetings that you're having internally? Is there certain content maybe that you're sharing um, inside of the organization that you, you've seen work? Um, I think maybe those are the, the two questions. And so Marjorie, maybe start with you. You know, what are what are those two things for you? You know, have you thought about, you know, specific meetings that you're having uh, with internal stakeholders? And then what's the type of content that you're trying to produce and uh, kind of share with them to make them uh, ultimately care about the community that you're building and some of the engagement programs you have? 
Yeah, this is a this is a fun question. Um, I I generally have lots of meetings with business owners within the within the organization, um, and of course my direct director um, to to really kind of show what what it is that we're doing and how we're how we're achieving our goals. But the way that we kind of present that information is what were the outcomes we were looking to achieve what was the impact and then, you know, what, what's next. So one of the things that we've started doing with our week, we do weekly reporting and then I'm starting to do, I used to do monthly reporting, but I think it's more valuable to do quarterly reporting. It seems to um, provide a little bit more information that maybe our senior leadership is looking for. But what these, what these reports are meant to do is they're usually one to two pagers that have very specific information about, you know, what was the activity that we that we um, participated in or that we drove what was the expected outcome and did we achieve it and what generally happens is when we when we start to to talk in those sorts of um, in that sort of verbiage it it helps tell the story around the data you're going to present so even if you've got a chart full of numbers um, we tend to frame that in, in in that kind of outcome layout so that not only is it information that the other business leaders within the organization understand, but it's also it's also information and, and language that our senior leaders are already talking, right? When they're having conversations with the board, they're not pulling up dashboards and going through that information. They are saying, here are the outcomes, high level outcomes that we said we would achieve. This is what we achieved and this is what we're planning to do going forward. And so I think, um, that has been super helpful and successful in helping people understand the value of community and what we're driving forward. The second piece to that is that when we're thinking about how we're going to accomplish things in the future and what that strategy looks like, we speak that same language, right? It's always around the outcomes that we're trying to drive and what the impact is to the member or the organization. And so as we're having those conversations and speaking that language, it becomes easier to then um, communicate what that value is, even though we might know as community practitioners, uh, it feels very squishy for some senior leaders when you go to them and say, hey, look, community and they're like well what does that even mean you know why am i spending the money for this but if you can show them the tangible outcomes that go along with the activity that happens in the community it becomes much easier to digest and easier for them to wrap their heads around yeah there's a couple of things that i loved in your your answer there one is um, speaking the language that that they'll understand and i think that that to me is becoming really critical as you um you know as you're in organizations you you start to pick up right how how is the leadership talking about things? What are they presenting? How are they looking at you know questions that they're that they're asking me? And how do you interpret that? I think becomes really critical for how you can start making sure that your message hits and that it's um, pointing to the right person. I think you talked about this too, which is um, kind of conciseness. So how are you telling that st story with just enough detail where it's um, you know it's not it's not too little, it's not too much, but just enough detail where um, they're actually kind of wanting a little bit more. They're, they might have a question or two and you can eat, kind of easily come up with you know, the answers and kind of come back with some of the, the data uh, is another one. The la I wanted to ask maybe a follow up and say, um, was this something that you feel like in terms of like communicating internally, is this something that you felt like you were you were naturally good at or is this something that you've had to kind of work at? And if so, like, you know, what what ways have you kind of looked to maybe professionally develop that where you're 
you're kind of architecting the stories internally. You're, you know, trying to put together the metrics with the, the story. Like how, how have you gone about that just in your career? Yeah, I think, um, and I'm not sure if we're just an edge case or, or what, but our organization has been incredibly helpful at saying, hey, we're going to change the ways that we work across the organization and then rolling out information to the entire staff to help them understand what those ways of working are. And so what has happened is that collectively, we're all on the same page about how to communicate information. We're all speaking the same language. No one's coming into a meeting saying something totally out of left field that people are like, what? Well, that's not even how does that compute to what we're we're trying to do? So I think that, you know, because the organization is who they are, um, they have equipped us with the ability to be able to learn those skills so that we can all be successful together, which I am extremely grateful for because I don't know that I would know where to find that sort of knowledge had they not. Yeah. I love that. That's good. Um, Kim, how about you? You know, when you start thinking about this, uh, this story internally in, you know, um, what, what are the types of meetings that maybe that you find yourself in or you're kind of communicating this and, and what's the type of information that you're bringing to the table? Yeah, absolutely. Well, our, our board and our leadership is very engaged and, and very interested in, in connection um, or our, sorry, that's the name of our community, AE Connection. And um, and then I also work with a committee. And, you know, what we're looking at, you know, the, the way that we tell our story is, you know, what are the goals that we set out? What are the results by, by looking at those metrics? And then what I'd like to really do is bring in some of the anecdotal stories. You know, so for instance, one of our goals is to be able to have a place to share cases. Um, that was really important to our board and one of the reasons we created it. So we do look at that content that relates to it and then also share you know that we heard from a program director that he's not re um uh using the exact same cases over and over every year he's actually now um getting new cases and content to present to students because of our community you know so we're able to really kind of show make it a little bit more personal but still like focusing on that um the results and what we were setting out to do yeah i love that and actually that was a question that i was going to get to you which i love that you answered um I think it's from Kylie. Kylie, if I pronounce that wrong, I'll, I owe you, I owe you something. But um, she had asked that question, you know, do you kind of bring in some of these stories that are more qualitative? And I love that example, you know, making it a little bit more tangible, making it a little bit more real. You know, we think about our customer community. We're trying to look at some stories about um, some of our MVPs or some of, um, you know, people in the organization that are helping each other solve, solve a problem, you know, right alongside of our team, kind of being involved in that type of discussion. Or, um, you know, we start thinking about shout outs. You know, a lot of times there's, there's people shouting out a lot of our team members for doing things. And so, like, those types of stories are all really great to try and pull in um, and, and make it, like you said, feel more real, feel a little bit more personal and attached to it. I think that's how you start making some of the connection outside of just the numeric side um, is, is some of those stories. Um, it sounds like you're trying to architect that towards where the business is going, right? And, and some of the themes that become major for, uh, I would imagine, your executive leadership team. So um, walk us through that a little bit from your side. Yeah, and I think Marjorie earlier hit it the nail on the head. You know, it's all about your audience. So if I'm talking to support, they don't care about new business. I'm talking to marketing. They don't care about support. I'm talking to product. They kind of care about some of that stuff, but they want to think about innovation and some other things. And so I think one is you've got to create that story and 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 push the organization. You know, know who you're talking to, especially the executive. Like, for example, I sent uh, our CEO yesterday um, 
uh, an article around um, how community is really deflecting cases and the ROI, the money attached to it every month and everything else. He said, can I share this with the organization? And I was like, go ahead. You know, I didn't write the article. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can share this with anybody. But he got excited about that. Why? Because he cares about savings. He cares about making money. He cares about ROI. You know, he cares about the numbers the most. And the other piece is, um, so that's, that is key. Marjorie just, I mean, it's just, Took it right out. Of, I mean, I, I couldn't say it even way, even better than she did, but I think that is is important. The other piece of that is is a lot of times, or most of the time, especially when you first start a community, the organization uh, they are heavily involved. Not the leaders; to some degree, the leaders are, but forget those guys. I mean, it's it's those people, the technical architects, the technical people that are doing the webinars, that are answering some of the questions, that are doing the blogs, you know, or that I'm pushing to do those things. And so to recognize those people. So how do you recognize those? We have Slack channels. You have, I have a hashtag Slack community Slack channel. I have email that, you know, I'll email their boss or, you know, just give praise to those kind of people and make them, you know, like, like like the other day, I, I created a, a commercial video, one of the, the webinars that we're doing around this woman. Her name is Kim Toomey, and she's an expert in this area. And so I, I uh, tagged her in it, and our CEO the next day commented and said, two rock stars. Yeah, he, he said I was, but more her, her right? You know, like she's being noticed by our CEO, you know, and, and so – and other people within the organization. And so I think the – that you you continue to to push the organization to get excited. You show that the, the the people that are actually doing the work will come alongside you, and then all those other metrics that were mentioned before. You, you know, you want to show those key things that are you know really pushing towards a business. So if it's case deflection, hey, you know, we have I don't know a hundred new uh, posts and questions over the month. How does that help? Well, today it might not help, but as that kind of grows into thousands, you know, then that really helps. And then you also start telling the stories around, hey, this person came into the community and they asked a question about um, uh, Realtio and, and our solution and they wanted more information. Well, that's a sales opportunity. So boom, there's that story around sales. So it's it's continuing to tell those stories the way they need to be told and, and recognizing them. So be in your community on a daily basis finding those stories because they're always there. I push something out two, three, sometimes two or three times a day on this hashtag uh, community Slack channel, you know? So I think you just have to really just be excited about what you do, believe in what you do. And, you know, those people that help you because I'm a team of one at the moment, you know, you have to rely on those people. So you really have to make them the rock stars. Yeah. I mean, I think especially the, the point you were making, Chris, as you start thinking about, uh, you know, getting some of your your day to day leaders involved in, in some of the things that you're doing is uh, a couple of things come to mind for me too, which is making it frictionless for them to get involved, right? I think a lot of times they're looking at it and they're saying, "Oh, I have to go write this blog, which means I have to go do X and Y and Z and W and A and whatever else is going to come along with that." And really, if it's like, "Hey, I've got a topic for you already. Uh, here's some other things that you've written before. Or here's something else. I put it into a Word doc that I shared with you." Can you just go edit it, right? Like, how can you make that frictionless for them to get involved? Because I think that really starts to drive, like you said, the excitement and they want to get involved and more people see it. 
Um, so that, that's another thing that comes to mind, you know, for me too, that I think you, Jeff, that's you the key. And, and so what I'll do is I'll find a video that's done from like training and I'll send that to a blog writer on like upwork.com or, you know, in dash or whatever, they'll write the blog. I'll send it to the expert. Hey, can you correct this? Put some pictures in there, make sure it's right. So it's frictionless. They don't hardly do any of the work, but they get to author it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, you know, they love it. And, and I'm, I'm open to do that. Cause you know what? Three months from now, that person is going to do like a series of webinars for me, or they're going to do answer this yeah. question on the community and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, I love it. What, what is something, you know, that you all are doing right now? And maybe uh, Marjorie, we'll start with you. Um, what are some suggestions for driving engagement within a community that has webinars and events that are not occurring within the platform itself? It's difficult to measure success and tie them together. So I don't know if this is something that you've experienced, Marjorie, uh, or not. But when you start thinking about webinars, event series that, that you're holding and, uh, and some of those member benefits, you know, how are you trying to drive more engagement around those those areas? How are you trying to um, kind of fold the events maybe into the community a little bit more? Yeah, so that's a great question. And the the answer that I have for that is start the engagement in the online community and end the engagement in the online community. So if you've got an event coming up, be that a webinar, a virtual event, an in-person event, start creating buzz and ways for people to connect with one another within the online community. Post questions. Who's going to be going to this session? What questions do you have for the speaker? Who's excited about it? Start getting everyone talking in that space. And then when you have your um, when you have your events, your webinar, your virtual events, see if there's any of those people who were talking about it registered. Did they actually come? Are they asking questions and engaging while they're there? Even if it's off the community site, when you're done, point people back to the community to continue to continue the conversation and see if that momentum still flows, right? So that is how you can kind of tell from discovery to the end of an event, whether or not people are engaging um, in, in, in ways that you can tell a story around, right? Even if it's held off of the community site. So start the conversation in the community and the conversation in the community. Let that be kind of this, the engagement sandwich that you have, even if, event day people are engaging somewhere else you you've already started kind of that introduction to this is where the conversation is going to be happening this is where it's at here's where you're going to go for the thing but if you want to continue the conversation continue to be involved you have to come back to the community and so that's the advice that i would have that's what's worked for us we post content within the online community around our virtual events and then people come back after those virtual events to continue to have those conversations so the Try it, and and I hope that that proves valuable for you. Yeah, I love I love that. And two, thinking about how do you make that just the expectation of the presenter, right? So instead of just saying, "Hey, I'm going to need an hour of your time for this webinar," it's like, "Hey, I'm going to need an hour of your time for the webinar, but I'm also going to need about 30 minutes ahead of time for you to help me see some content in the community, and I'm going to need you about 30 minutes afterwards to help see some content afterwards." But I think the more that you can make that feel a part of that program and say, "Hey," You know, we're going to need you for about two hours. One hour is really live content. The other is like, you know, in the community. I think that also really goes a long way that we've noticed. Uh, but I think that was a really good, really good example to um, share there. There's uh, one last question that I'll ask, and Kim, we'll, we'll hit you. Um, what would you say are the top quick things to keep on top of if you're the only person at your organization running the online community and you've got other things to be doing? So what are, in I don't know, throughout your 
your days in, in the community world, you know, what are the one to two or three things that you're just like, okay, you got to make sure that these things are happening in order for, you know, the community to, to uh, keep going or stay intact, maybe. Yeah, I mean, definitely activity. I mean, you have to have posts. Um, you have to have people posting and, and engaging. Um, you know, that lag <laughs> um, can be hard to restart um, with, with seating. So, I mean, that's the one thing that I would I would keep. Um, you know, keep an eye on your opt-outs. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, we, we watch that closely. That, that tells us what's going on in the community and if people are valuing it. Um, so, those are the, the couple things I'd keep on top of. Yeah, I think um, I'll throw one out there, too, that maybe might not be a widely accepted one. But I just think also if you're a team of one, I always think about how can you get more people involved in? Do you have MVPs or do you have community members that are really showing up for you? And, you know, can you make them feel a little bit more special? Can we give them a title or give them recognition or can we somehow um, kind of bring them in and kind of put our arms around them so that they can really help scale some of that interaction or some of the content pieces? But if you're a team of one, I think you have to go kind of get scrappy and see if other members will be um, involved. And I have found, I've, I've been scared of this before, but I've, I've found that if you ask, typically the answer is gonna be yes, because they're like, hey, I'm already in here, I'm already involved. You're asking me to do a little bit more, I'm gonna get some recognition, I can put this on my resume, I can put it on my LinkedIn, whatever it might be. But I just think that goes a really long way um, in thinking about that. So uh, that would be a big one. Uh, that I would throw out there too. And I know Chris, I know Chris's answer is going to be content because he is uh, big on the webinar series and everything that he's been doing. So um, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to say content for you. Yep. That's it. I mean, <laughs> engaging content is key. You don't have it, then what do you got? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a lot of time went into this and I appreciate you all joining uh, a ton of different insights. Marjorie, 20 uh, year community, really big. Kim, kind of in the middle, 1,000-person community, uh, been around for a number of years. Chris, 30 days in, 300 members. So I think we've got a wide spectrum that I hope people got to learn from. Um, and then please you know, go to higherlogic.com, look into some of the resources section. We've got a ton of stuff around our engagement experts, which Kim, Marjorie, and Chris were a part of um, as part of a series that we're doing here for 2021. So Kim, Marjorie, and Chris, thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you all again here soon. Thank you.